Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Sometimes the ones that we don't want to mess with, thorns in our flesh, the ones that we say, oh God, give me strength. At those times, remember how much God has had to work with you, how long he's worked with you, put up with the little things, how many people he's sent to you to come alongside you to work things out. God's calling us to our purpose and our plan, every single one of us in the body of Christ. This is the time now in our nation. This is the time now. And so he, he does it for us. He comes in our life. He does it for us so that we can do it for others. I want you to say to the person next to you, I've got great potential and it's going to be released. I'll just let you know that. That's right. Because the development of each person's potential is each person's job. First of all, intimacy. So it's being honest and it's saying to the Lord, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, intimacy, into me, see. Intimacy. You say to the Lord, into me, see. So you're inviting him to come in, to see to come into that intimate place with you. We all have undeveloped potential and there's no telling what is on the inside of us. The world isn't going to see it or know what it is unless God reveals it to us and that we can believe that we can do what he says that we can do because all things are possible to him. So that's why yesterday when I talked about the gift, the beautiful, specific chosen gift the Holy Spirit it's available for every person to receive specific for you so that you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you because the power of the Holy Spirit came when Jesus went so we have the power to get the job done in the earth there is potential in you That just hasn't been developed yet. But I believe that each one of you that have come here tonight are here definitely by divine appointment. So it's specific for you. Life-changing things can take place this year. Nobody else in the whole world believes in you like God does, like Jesus does, like the Holy Spirit does. You can do what God wants you to do, even if nobody in the whole earth believes you can do anything. God does. But if you don't have confidence in yourself, then no matter what God is trying to do to you or get through to you, it's difficult for him. Because the one thing that he needs, first and foremost, is your agreement. Because he will never override your will. And that's a good thing. But he needs your agreement 
for his plan and his purpose for you to come to fruition. Because when you don't have confidence in what you're doing, then you're basically putting yourself in agreement with the devil. You're saying, yes, devil, you're right, I can't do anything. Yes, you're right, devil, I'll never amount to anything. Yes, that's right, devil, I'm afraid. Yes, I'm scared. Yes, I'm weak, I'll agree with you. Yes, I'm inadequate. Yes, I'm hopeless. Yes, oh yes, yes, I'm invisible. Don't forget that one. Devil, while you're speaking to me, I'll just come into agreement with you on that as well. We need to get into agreement with God because his word says where two or more agree on the earth, that's where things happen. There's power in the spoken word. So right now we're going to pray together and we're going to come into agreement against those things like inadequacy, hopelessness, any of those things that are in your life that could be attached to a trauma because usually that's the point where they come from. So we're coming to the power of agreement in this room right now tonight. Just pray this prayer after me. In the name of Jesus, I speak to inadequacy and hopelessness. And I command each attachment of trauma to those areas to be cut and broken off me now in Jesus' name. Take a big breath in right now and just breathe out and release that inadequacy, release that hopelessness that's attached to any trauma in your life right now. Thank you, Lord. Say, I receive fresh hope. Take a big breath in and declare this word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord. Okay? That's what I call doing the washing. You know, when clothes get dirty, we don't have a big ceremony about and go, oh, you horrible, dirty thing. You're just going to have to go. You, we're just going to have to have a meeting for about four hours with the washing machine because of you. I'm going to be with that washing machine for four hours. We just think, well, they're dirty clothes, they go in the washing machine, you pick them up, put them in, turn the dial and walk away and let it do its thing. But you know, when we get dealing with deliverance and demons and things, which are dirty things that come in sometimes and attach themselves to our body, just like dirt on clothing does, well, then we have to make a big howdy duty about it. I have to go for four hours of, I'm so scared of ministry, you know, God never made it to be like that. He wanted us to just do the washing. If there's inadequacy and hopelessness there and it's done a bit of a sneak up on you and you find yourself coming into agreement, stop. Say, hold on a minute. I don't agree with that. Your little sneaky thing, you just got in there. Now I'm thinking about it because it says once it's in your imagination, what do you got to do? You got to cast the imagination down, you've got to cast that thing out. 
So just speak to that inadequacy and say, I address you right now. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I command you to get out. Good idea to give it an exit point, right? Because you've got several exit points on your body. Good idea to tell it to go out your mouth because you don't want it going out the other exits because it, it'll please itself otherwise. That's true. That's true. So it's just getting just very practical about these things with the Lord. It's not difficult. It's, he's actually made it very simple. We've made it hard. So here's a few scriptures to clarify what God says about demons and that they are real and the devil is their ruler and that Jesus Christ at the cross defeated the devil. He made an open show of him. Jesus took the keys to life and death and he rose victorious over the devil. Mark 16 verse 17 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they'll speak in new tongues. Wow. Colossians 2 verse 15, he disarmed the principalities and powers and he made a public example of them, triumphing over them in him. So he's done the work, he's done the job. We just come into agreement with him. Matthew 8 verse 16, and he, Jesus, cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick. Luke 3 verse 16, John, this is John the Baptist speaking, he said, I indeed baptise you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. He, Jesus, will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Matthew 18, verse 18, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. So that's the power of agreement that we've done tonight. Luke 9, he called the twelve together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure all diseases, sending them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal. That's powerful because this is us. This is us that he's talking to. Philippians 2 verse 10, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. So that's every realm takes notice when you speak in the name of Jesus. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How powerful is that? James 4 7 says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So he addresses it right there. Jesus is not saying the devil isn't real and that he's not going to come and try and be a hindrance in your life. He's saying when that happens, be ready. So submit yourself to God. Give God first place into me, see God. Have that with him. Then you resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's power in that. 1 John 3 verse 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Again. Matthew 16, 12 and 13, so they went out and preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil 
many who were sick and healed them. So we have been given Jesus' name. We stand in his authority in the earth. The devil can only enter a person who is a Christian if there's a legal platform or territory within that person that's surrendered in sin in the soul area, which is the mind and the will and the emotions. He can't touch your spirit. It's holy, it's set apart to God, but he can enter through your soul area and attach himself to your body. How Satan or the devil enters is not a creative thing. He has not one way that he can create. He, is, he cannot create. So he uses the principle that God has already put in the earth, which is how we get saved. How do we get saved? We believe the word of God. We receive the word of God. We come into agreement with him and we're saved. Satan uses the counterfeit. He will send destroying words because he's the enemy of your soul. And he'll send a fiery dart and he'll send a word and he'll want you to receive it. And when you receive it and you believe it and it gets down on the inside of you, then he will use your creative power out your mouth to create into your life. That's how destructive that he is. So the word for tonight is from the Lord, guard your gates. What are my gates, Sue? Right, you have a mind gate. You have an ear gate. You have an eye gate. And you have a mouth gate. So with your mind gate... The animal will come and he will try and send a thought. Nobody likes you. Why even bother coming in here? You're not going to be noticed. He's trying to send a thought. As soon as it touches and you register that, you say, that's a lie. I'm accepted and I'm loved by the God, my God, my daddy, who rules and reigns, who is alive forever. That's a lie. Return to sender in Jesus' name. You've got to whack it at that point. If it gets past the point of the mind gate and it starts to go down into the imagination part and then you start dwelling on it and it gets into your heart down here and it starts affecting your emotions, then what do you got to do? You got to cast the thing out because it's got in. So that's instruction from the Lord. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. If it gets past the first gate, what is the second thing he says? Cast out all imaginations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So you know, I, you're in my imagination, okay, I've got you. You thought you got past the first gate. You're not getting in. Out in Jesus' name, just go. Get off me. I don't believe that. And begin to speak the truth over your life. It's the same with sickness. You'll try and come in the mind gate. Oh, you're going to get that bug. You're going to get it. <laughs> Can you smell? <laughs> oh, you got that little sniffle. Say, shut up, devil. I'm not listening to you. Jesus is my Lord. 
He paid with stripes and lashes on his back for me. And by those stripes and by those lashes, I'm healed. There's a great emphasis at the moment, you would have noticed, on knowledge. Wanting to know, wanting to know, I have to know what's going on. I have to know what's going on. And in Genesis, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, don't eat from that tree. Eat from the tree of life. And it's the same today. It's the same today. There is an addiction that can happen within you to have to know what's happening. So check that in yourself. If you find yourself picking up your phone or going to your computer and the reason you're going there is because you have to know, have some knowledge, check that out. Check your motive. Is this an addiction? Do I really need to know this? Or am I going to go to the tree of life, to the Lord, and have some time, some face time with God. Okay, let's have a look at our ear gate. Gossip. Talk of sickness. Unholy word alliances. Be very wary of unholy word alliances. This is a real trap that the enemy uses. He'll get a person to come alongside you who he can speak through and he will begin to speak into your ear gate. Gossip. Did you hear that about so-and-so? Hot, juicy little morsel. And it's either going to slip in and go, ooh, okay, right, I didn't know that about that person. Or you have a choice to say, my, no, I don't receive that. I actually don't know that person very well. Do you know them very well? Like, I actually, I'm, I'm just not going to choose to agree with you on that because, you know, you, you can speak, you've got a voice, you don't have to receive it. And I tell you what, after a few times where the person becomes aware that they can't just slip that little juicy morsel in, they won't come to you very much. Because they're like, well, she's not really a sharer, is she? <laughs> you know, she's not going to be on my list of sharers and carers. Well, she really does care. It's just that she's not going to share. And, and the thing is, who's the person that you want to go to when you've got something really deeply personal and confidential? That's right. But if there's a person in your life and you know that they're going to share every little morsel around to everybody else, are you going to go to them? Because there's no trust there, is there? That's it. And how many of us have been deeply wounded, deeply wounded by that kind of transmission? Let's be honest. It hurts deep. And it hurts very deeply because they know you so well. And they're your friend. And sometimes they can be a Christian. So, let's be very careful with our word alliances, who we're going to agree with on things. Don't come into agreement with things about people that you don't know about or 
situations that you don't have all the information on. It's not your job. And you get into unholy alliances and you begin to speak things because you've got power in your tongue. Enemies looking to use your tongue to do damage. Okay. Ear gate also. Be attentive to my word. That's Proverbs 4.20. Be attentive to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life and they are health to all your flesh. Doesn't that just capture the whole thing? And always remember about the creative power. Satan's after your creative power. He can't do it himself. Eye gate, what we look at, that is an entry point. Lustful things come through the eye gate. Violent things come through the eye gate. Destructive things, anger comes through the eye gate. Death comes through the eye gate. Perversion comes through the eye gate. If you've ever experienced anger, like real anger, and you've wondered where it's come from, it's probably come through something that you have looked at. And then you have come into agreement with it without even really acknowledging it. But that spirit has engaged with you through the entry of your eye gate. And then at a specific point in time, when it's ready, it will engage. And you can just be angry instantly like that. Out of control. Rage. And you think, I'm not an angry person. How did that happen? I just did that thing. Well, there was an entry point, and it'll be the eye gate. So just check up on those things. That's all the Lord's wanting to remind us tonight. Remember, be bold. There's a button on the TV. You can press it and turn it off. There's a button on the TV that you can say to the person who you're with, I don't want to look at that. It's not good. And if you don't feel bold enough to do that, leave the room. Remove yourself. The person go, oh, what's up with them? And if they ask you, be honest. I don't want to watch that. It's really affecting me. I'm choosing not to be in the room at the moment because I don't want to. You have a choice because you're guarding your gates. A good question to ask yourself when you're about to sit down and watch something, would Jesus sit down here and watch it with me? That's a pretty good one because you know the answer. Well, you've got the answer then, haven't you? Focus on God. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Seek him first. It's his opinion that counts, not man's. Even if you have a husband who is difficult in this department with the remote, with what he wants to watch, remember, when you stand before the Lord, you are not going to stand before the Lord married. You are going to stand by yourself before the Lord. And he's going to say to you, Sue, did you fulfill the plan, the purpose, what I had for you on the earth? Well, Lord, I had this husband, 
and he used to make me watch these terrible programs and I just, night after night, you know, and I, in every reason and excuse and every other thing, he's going to say, well, where is he now? <laughs> he's going to stand before the Lord himself. He will be answerable to God himself for his choices. Equally, you will be answerable to the Lord for your choices. And suddenly you start to feel a little bit more bolder about speaking honestly with who you're with. It's not easy when you first start out. I've walked this walk. I'm not telling you something I don't know about. When I first started to mention these things with my husband, he would be like, well, I'm watching it, so, and he'd turn it up louder. And I would have to just say, well, if that is the choice that you're making, that you're making, then my choice is I'm going into the dining room and I've got other things that I'll be doing there. So he was making a choice not to have my company. He was choosing to have the TV and what he wanted to watch. And that went on for a period of time and I just removed myself, go into the room and pray. Sometimes I go into the toilet and I say, in the name of Jesus, I bind that spirit of destruction in the name of Jesus. Who do you think you are coming into my lounge room? I'm not having you in this place. You can just shut your mouth right now. And I would just go into warfare and I would just start to pray. And I'd just say, I'm not having you. I'm serving notice on you. And after a period of time, we would be sitting watching and he would say, oh, you're not going to like this, are you? No, we'll switch over to something else. And he'd go along, go along. And he'd find something that he knew that I would watch with him. And it was really good. And we came into an understanding like he knew I wasn't going to submit to that because it wasn't godly, it wasn't holy, it wasn't right. And I didn't have an argument over it, I wasn't prepared to do that, I was going to pray about it. I went into the powerhouse place rather than the face-to-face confrontation place because I hate confrontation. But when I went to the place of power, prayer, God took over and he brought the situation into alignment. Now it's not a problem. Power of agreement works both ways, in the positive and in the negative, life and death. You choose. I went through a period in my life when I didn't have many people to agree with me. God was showing me visions and plans. And when I shared them, it just seemed like a bucket of cold water being tipped on me. Everyone was like, well, I can't see that happening, you know. It was a lonely period of my life and there were times when I thought, man, if somebody could just agree with me, if somebody could just encourage me. And if you're in that spot, you know what the Lord said to me, Sue, the Holy Spirit is with you. I'm here and I'm in agreement with you. You're not on your own. Get into agreement with the Holy Spirit. Potential defined in the dictionary says existing in possibility but not in actuality. Powerful but not in use. 
possible, but not positively. You can have potential in God and the the purpose and the plan he wants for you, but it's got to have a form to pour itself into. It's like if you had a concrete truck with the big thing turning around with all the concrete in, and he just backed up the truck and just did a big dump on the ground, you're just going to have a big, hard mess of concrete. It's not going to be good for anything. That's right. But if when they went to pour that concrete, a decision had been made about the shape and there was a plan and a purpose for that concrete, that when the concrete would pour it, it poured into that shape and into that form and it created a pathway, then it was useful. So you've, God's got a plan and he's got a purpose and he's got potential for you. And he wants you to come into that place with him where he can shape you and form you into that positioning so that he can pour his potential in you and through you. My honest opinion is there's a lot of people that aren't happy because they're not doing anything. They're walking around complaining they haven't got anything to do. And what I'd say is you don't have to wait till the fullness of your ministry manifests to do something. you just got to start laying your hands on something that's in front of you now. You're not going to start at the finish line, blink your eyes twice and you're going to be at Z. You begin with God. He sees potential in you. Lay your hand to something and just begin. You're never going to find out what you're capable of unless you start it. If you're afraid of failing, don't be. Don't think, I'll just stay in the comfort zone, I'll be fine, I'll just go and sit in church every week. I'll receive, I'll receive, I'll receive, I'll receive, I'll receive, I'll receive, I'll receive. And then complain. (laughs) A lot of people are frustrated about not knowing what their gifts are and the call on their life. But all you've got to do is start doing a few things and you'll find out real quick what you can do and what you're not called to do. If you volunteer to do something and you think, yes, I think that's where God wants me, and you get into that place, and within a week or two weeks you find yourself just grating with this one and that one and, oh, this is not right and you've got a little complaint here and just a little... You know you're not anointed for that. That is not your gifting. If there's an anointing on you for that gifting in that area, you will feel like a pig in mud. Every time you do it, you go, I love this. It's so good. Isn't it great? You're going to go away. That's how you know you're in, you're in the shape, you're in the form for the potential to be poured in. God's got somebody who likes to do everything he does. There's somebody who's anointed for everything. And if you have good leaders, which I believe you have very good leaders, they can't do everything themselves because guess what? God has not created it that way. Because he's a loving father. And he wants his body to move together. So good leaders surround themselves with people who can do all the things that they can't. 
And that's how you work together as a well-oiled team. So that you all fit together. And when your potential needs to be developed, God's put a seed in you and he always works through seeds. We can talk all day and night about the victories we have in Christ and the peace and his righteousness and all those things. But I believe at the new birth you got a seed from God that's in you, which contains potential, his potential. And he wants you to develop that. And the word development defined in the dictionary says unfolding, laid open, disclosed or brought into full exhibition. See what you have in you. He knows. But he wants to get it from in you to out of you to touch other people's lives. God puts his gifts in us for one another. And the Bible says we're to develop our gifts so that we can be a blessing to one another. That's why they are given. And I really don't think there's too much excuse for anyone being bored or lonely. And I know that might irritate you right now, me saying that. Well, you might say, well, I am lonely. But I honestly believe if you use your gifts, you will not be lonely and you won't be bored. There's somebody out there that needs what you've got and you just have to find them and start releasing it. Give you an example of this. My elderly parents, I cared for them for five years before they went into a rest home. And I was out, parked in my car outside their gate every day. And I don't know who did this, but on my worst days, sometimes I would leave mum and dad's and I would be in tears because I'd helped them as much as I could possibly help them and I had to go home to my husband. And I would be walking to the car and there on my windscreen was a little folded note. And I would open it and it would just have the most amazing thing written on it that met me at that moment and let me know God saw my heart. To this day, and that happened Numerous times over those five years. So it was obviously somebody that walked past my car that was on a walk. I don't know who they were, but boy, without those notes, I wouldn't have got through that time. My daddy walked me through that time, through the blessing of that dear person, whoever they are. When I reach heaven, I believe I might get introduced to them. But... They took the time with their gift to listen to God and write a simple note and stick it on my windscreen. But boy, oh boy, was that powerful. That was their potential in God and their gift being released in the most powerful way to sustain me in one of the most difficult times of my life. And the difference between potential up here and manifestation here is the development that happens in between with you and God. And it takes time. Get determined. Nobody's going to steal your potential that God has for you from you. That you are valuable, that you have 
potential, that you have purpose. And he is going to speak to you and he is going to guide you and talk to you. And you know, the neatest thing about potential is it'll always be in an area that you love the most. You know, if you do not like eating Indian food, stuff that's hot and spicy, God is not going to send you to India on a mission trip. I used to get a bit scared about that because I knew I was an evangelist, you know, called to nations. I'm like, oh God, I don't like Indian food very much. It always upsets my stomach. I used to be praying stupid prayers like that. Don't send me to India. You know, but really, when I woke up and realised, you know, he knows exactly who I am and he's not going to send me there because I would be useless. I'd probably be down the great white throne all the time, you know. What, what good can you be to God doing that? But, but you know, others who are called as ministri- ministri- ministries into missions would just, you know, they'll have a love for those things and they'll just love it. It'll be the greatest joy to them to go and do it. And I want you to see the nation of New Zealand, I want you to see Huntley as your ground for your potential to be released. I want you to see your street for your potential to be released. You know? Maybe it's you, you're going to be the letterbox drop like... Just an, oh, what number, Lord? 15. Oh, okay, 15. What would you like to say? Oh, okay. Walk away. Pray and walk away. And, you know, how exciting. Because the next thing you know, you're in the supermarket walking on, and that lady from number 15 is talking to the lady on number 12 and said, you wouldn't believe what I got in my letterbox today. I got this beautiful card, and it had, it had a teapot on it and flowers. And I love teapots and flowers. And in it it said, da-da-da-da-da. And it was just what I was going through. I wonder who that could have been. Do you know anybody that would write something like that? You know what I mean? And, well, yes, I think the lady at 18, she's sort of a bit religious. (laughs) She might have written something like that. And you never know, you're just about to go out the door and you bang into her, you're walking straight towards her, you know what I mean? It's just incredible how God does it. And, you know, like, he'll meet your needs too. Look, you know, I had, I got this orange dress and I loved all the colours in it, bright colours, and I didn't have a cardigan to go with her. But I'm standing from the mirror and I'm at home and I said, oh, I'm just talking to myself. Well... God was there, of course, but I thought I was talking to myself. And I'm saying, oh, three-quarter length, Cardi, sort of down, cover the old, you know, here and here. Would be really nice, I'm thinking to myself. So anyway, I drive up town, I had to go to the bank, get to the bank, and it was right when they decided that banks are going to close for lunch. Who does that? So I'm sitting there like, who closes the bank? They're closing the bank for lunch. So I'm having a bit of a moan in the car. Anyway... I look across to my left, I just my eye was just, and there's the Salvation Army shop. And in the window is the exact coloured cardigan of my 
top. And I thought, really, God? I'm held up here so I could see over there. And I go and, and I thought, oh, bum, I've only got like, Seven dollars in my purse. I'm scrounging through, and you know how you go and you have a look in the little pocket in the car for your parking money. Is there anything else in there? And I'm thinking, oh well, here goes, Lord. If it's you, so I get in there, try the cardio, get it off the thing. It's my size. Put it on. Fits like a glove. How much? Seven dollars. That is how specific God is. That's how good His heart is. That's how big His love is. And that's. You know, the little things are important to him. Very, very important to him. You know, your dreams are important to him. Very much. And if you think about the nature of our God, if this was creation day, and God was creating, and he just formed and fashioned each person, and he breathed his breath into them, And then he just took a small piece of himself and he said, hmm, I'm just going to put this part in Andrea. She's going to be a beautiful person who just loves to help people. It's never going to be a problem. It's just part of me I'm going to put in here. And over here he goes, I'm just going to take a part of me and I'm just going to place it in this beautiful piece in here. And she's just going to be the most creative person. And she just loves to create things. You know, it could be music, could be crafts, could be all different things. But a part of himself was breathed into you. And that's God potential in you. That's why we all like different things and that's why we're all going to move in different ways. And we should never, ever try and clone ourselves. When he particularly talks about do not compare yourself one to another. Because I tell you, get into comparison, it's a danger zone. It's really ugly because jealousy is a snake that will bite you, right? And you don't want to get bitten there. Because you get mean and you get bitter. And when you get jealous, it's not a good thing. So, let God's potential be in you. Last little part, I'm finishing on now. A seed is planted in a woman's womb. And then the proof of it, that there is something there, comes nine months later. It took that time to develop. And we look and we see the patterns in how God does things. He puts a seed in us. He puts a dream in us. He puts a thought in us. He places potential in us. And he gives us an environment to develop it. This is your opportunity in your area that you live in, in Huntley. This is where he has placed you. God bless each one of you. May God pour out his potential and the richness of the fullness of all of who he is that it will come in and through your life specifically. And remember to ask the Holy Spirit for his gifts, each one of them, to flow through your life 
as it's needed because he will and he wants to touch people's lives. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast.